You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. If you need to gear up, I went there today. Could you try again? No, Siri, I can't try again. I went there. I went to Cardinals today, Kyle. First of all, saw Bradley. Wonderful human being. Love Bradley. Um, but also, I, I saw the vault hats in person, finally. They're as amazing as they look on Twitter. Just incredible. Uh, they have the double T with the Texas Tech over the top and an arch with the rope. Gray, red, black. Uh, they've got a hat that says everything runs through Lubbock in kind of a cool Western patch font thing. Um, they've got the throwback hats without the rope and Under Armour. All good. All fantastic. I didn't buy one, but I'm going to buy a gray rope hat uh before before football they look really sharp anyways Kyle how you doing man Father's Day is coming up soon if anybody wants to gift me a hat from the vault at Cardinal Sports Center you can do so at mycardinalsports.com or live and in person right outside the loop on Slide Road this is also a part of the Republic of Football podcast feed part of the Dave Campbell's network we love it. We love being here. Uh, we got kind of a shot on um, Frogs Insider the other day. Oh, yeah? They were like, oh, we love all the podcasts. We listen to them. Uh, even the gambling gauchos in Between Two Bears are good. Even the gauchos. Even those Texas Tech fiends and morons at Baylor are good. So a little bit of a backhanded, but I think it's uh, accurate. Rent-free, baby. <laughs> They just had their greatest football season in history, followed by their second NCAA tournament win since, uh, well, third since the end of segregation in the United States. And they're thinking about Texas Tech. Well, Not even Texas Tech. They're thinking about a, two Jamokes doing a podcast about Texas Tech. Well, they were part of the, they were doing a, a live a read. For the, for the network. Uh, but I do think that uh, Jamie and Melissa do great work over there at Frogs Insider. We need to, as you know, well, I don't want to forecast this too much, but I think hopefully we'll be talking to them soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully Jamie and Melissa and uh, Matt and Evan. Matt and Evan both. And hopefully, if they're listening to this reluctantly, they know I was just kidding. And... Yeah. You don't troll. I, I troll a little bit. I put out a completely fake quote from George Klyavkov. It's one of those, like, unless you're really online and you're following what the American Athletic Commissioner is saying, yeah, you probably aren't going to know that it's totally... I also left a few clues that it should have been pretty obvious it was fake. But, uh, but yeah, okay, I, I, I troll a little bit. Was that my fault? Because I really egged you on to do that. Yeah, I mean, kind of. You're, you're kind of like a... It's a combo. Is a, a peer pressure effort. influence. I'm like, hey, like I made this funny graphic. I'm not going to post it though. And you're like, no, you should definitely post it. And I'm like, ah, okay, fine, I'll post it. Well, I kind of wanted to do the uh, the same thing with 
with Klyukov, the video where there's no sound. It's just him moving his mouth and then put the quote up top. I thought that would have been funny. Too. Same same effect. Right. Same effect. Okay. Um, hey, I missed the Rob Bro show today, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, streaming live on the Gambling Gauchos YouTube channel. I know that you talked about the American Athletic, and I, this wasn't on our – just real quick, like lightning round. What was your general takeaway from that letter? Yeah, that um... – Instead of focusing so much on the power five leaving you behind, you should just make the group of five as strong as possible and break off and have your own playoff and quit thinking that the New Mexico bowl and the Arizona bowl are the pinnacle of athletic achievement for the group of five, because you get to be hogtied to the, to, uh, <laughs> we've been talking a long time. almost said something inappropriate there, Kyle, uh, hogtied to the power five. Uh, that they should just be autonomous their own right and do their own thing and still play the FBS Power 5 level, still play the FCS level in non-conference competition, then have conference competitions and then do your own dadgum playoff and quit crying about what the Power 5 is doing. I have a few thoughts. One, it rings a little bit hollow when that conference was trying to make power six happen. Yes. And then they're like, Hey, can we drop this whole power versus group of discussion? It's like, well, guys, y'all were kind of leaning into it harder than just about anyone else for a while there when you thought you might be included in it. It was also really long. It was like a 5,000 word dissertation. And that I thought looked a little bit pathetic, but honestly, the heart of it, I didn't totally disagree with like Tulane beat USC in the Sugar Bowl. Cincinnati made the playoff before Florida, UCLA, Wisconsin, like Nebraska, these programs that have way more resources and access. And so like to me, just hang your hat on that instead of like griping that you don't have enough. Like when you've been given the opportunity, you've done all right for yourself. Um, and yeah, it is kind of like back in the day, I remember when I was – first becoming a fan of college football, it didn't seem like the conferences, like it was just so um, boxed in by whatever conference you were in. Like the first national championship game I remember watching was Virginia Tech versus Florida State. Virginia Tech held from the Big East. Florida State was either independent or maybe in the ACC as kind of a newer member. But it wasn't like this whole – and now it's just so SEC and Big Ten and everybody else um, – and you don't uh, – the reality is Nebraska football isn't better than anybody else just because they have a Big Ten logo on their chest. Right. And Vanderbilt isn't better than anybody just because they've got an SEC logo on their chest. Like, at the end of the day, you have to line up and play 60 minutes of football, and we'll see who's better. So I, that, that's also what I thought was strange. Like, the timing is such that you're about to have access to the new playoff format. And if you are on par with the Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC, then – see you in the 12 team playoff and you'll do just fine for yourself. So I thought that was strange. If we were still in a four team format and he was saying, we don't have enough access, I would have given it a little bit more credence, but overall I kind of, I do think that there's this media obsession with like, Oh, well they're sec. Yeah. They're eight and four, but they're one of the best teams in the country. Like, no, they're not. They're eight and four just because Auburn's in the sec doesn't mean that they're good. It could be a totally dysfunctional program. And the downside of that, why I'm sensitive to this 
not that Texas Tech has been in the picture, but if Texas Tech does go 11 and 1, they won't get any respect. Like, oh, it's in the Big 12. But if Michigan goes 11 and 1, they're just blue blood, so much better than everybody else. Incredible season. Saw some of that with TCU. Like, they started 12 and 0, and we thought they were in jeopardy of missing the playoff after losing to Kansas State. So, I actually think he hit on some good points, but overall, I think the delivery was a little bit strange. Certainly the delivery aspect. And yeah. that's what frustrated me. It's just, yeah, you're the, to me, the Power Five is dead anyways because the Pac-12 is about to die or at least be considerably different than it was. Um, the ACC is going to be the same for the next five to ten years, but it's only Clemson that has punched up lately. Uh, I guess you could argue Florida State last year was knocking on the door, but I think went eight and four. And then beyond that, it really is just the top three of the SEC and the top three of the Big Ten. So are those six the Power Five? Are those five teams? Are Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Alabama the true Power Five? I mean, it's definitely trending that way that certain teams, they basically start the season with the mulligan. Like a one-loss Alabama automatically in. Yes. One-loss TCU is sweating, and and they were in this time. They weren't in 2014 with one loss, and so yeah. Like and I, and I think it's bad for the sport. Like when when everybody knows before the season starts. Like I guess TCU and Cincinnati are the exceptions to this, especially TCU because they actually advanced to the championship game. But like we all know, it's going to be one of like six teams probably combined for about a. 99% chance of winning the national title. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU. That might be it. Yeah. Georgia, of course. Well, yeah, Georgia. And then there's everybody else. And, like, I don't think that's good for the sport because, again, I grew up not too long ago. Like, Virginia Tech was in it. And it felt like other schools um, maybe didn't have as much access as some of these others, but it wasn't so limited. And I – the, the fact of the matter is fans like me, we'll just, we don't want to watch Alabama versus Georgia every single year. And, that, and that's why I think the 12-team playoff would be great. Like, gives a lot more teams access. And I think that's better because it's a it's a regional sport um, in terms of, like, regional rivalries mattering. And I think yeah. it would be better if all four time zones, all four corners of the U.S. were legitimately involved. And I think that's kind of what the commissioner of the American Athletic was getting at. But well, yeah, to, to do the power six and then whine that like, why are we calling them the power yeah. five? I was like, well, again, go, this kind of falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Go back to your original point of it being hollow. A, as I was saying just a second ago, before I completely interrupted my own self, uh, the power six is dead because in the new playoff, there are six automatic bids. Yes. That's what they mentioned originally. So there are six conferences that get in every year. And two years ago when that was discussed, the AAC was the obvious entrant into that. But now they've lost some teams. But uh, that guy does not give a damn about the well-being of the student-athletes being less than. He cares about his checkbook and the AAC being less than. So, yes, it is hollow. He cares about the money. And if you want more money, go make your own playoff. Or sack up. And as we've said in about 10 podcasts in a row, be a man about it and 
just fight for your place at the table. That's what the Big 12's doing. And and on media narrative, yes, that's absolutely a thing. The Big 12 has completely revolutionized what they've been doing, but people think the SEC is the best because people tell you that the SEC is the best. People believe the Big 10 is the best because people tell you the Big 10 is the best. Nobody believes it about the Pac-12 because nobody says it. Nope, they just say, "Hey, the Pac-12 is is not dead." Like that's their strongest suit. So, as soon as you get some some media arms and some media talent going after the other conferences and building up the Big Twelve, you'll be right there with them. Of course, you're sure. ten years behind. Yeah, and or you know, part of his article is like, "Well, we've got just as good of media access and visibility as some of these power conferences." So, okay, if that's true, then. Boise State and like the top Mountain West schools, the top Sunbelt schools should all be chomping at the bit to join your conference. Yeah. And if that's the case, you essentially are the power six and you get that sixth auto bid. Your conference champion will always be the highest ranked among the group of five. And then it is de facto power six. So it's like, you could do that. Like just position yourself as the best G5 conference and you'll have an auto bid to the new playoff every year. Well, and just people talk about hierarchy all the time. Just look at who's going where. The SEC is better than the Big 12 because Texas and Oklahoma wanted to go to the SEC. And when you talk about Pac-12 schools going to the Big 12 for an improvement, then you talk about the AAC schools going to the Big 12 for improvement, and now the AAC schools going to the Pac-12 for improvement, you're obviously six if there's a power six. So even in that respect, I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way for sure. I just don't like whiny. Yeah, that that was the main, yeah. like the tone was whiny. It would have been a lot better perceived if he just said, like, said, here's our football accomplishments. Here's our uh, TV visibility. We're the best, you know, we're the best version of ourselves, whatever. But like, okay, yeah, like you, you might get some respect from people, but being like, we want to sit at the table too. You have to invite us. I was like, okay, yeah, nobody's going to take this seriously. Our student athletes are so upset because you told them that they were less than. How often do we talk about the inclusive nature of collegiate athletics? Never. Okay. I don't talk about that at all. I mean, it's all, I mean, even, even hateful eight fans that are mad at Texas and OU for bolting. Like I get it, but also if Iowa state had a big 10 invite, they're gone. If tech had a sec invite, we're gone. So all these teams are going to do it, and they can gripe about being group of five, but like Houston and UCF and Cincinnati got the call, and they were gone. They weren't saying, to themselves, well, no, we're going to stay in the American because it's it's the power six, and we're, we're just as equally positioned here. So I don't know. The market kind of worked that out for them. But anyway, spent too long on that. My bad. Yeah. All right. Since we are a gambling podcast, you want to go through the opening numbers? Do you have those, or do I need to pull them up? Um, I can try to find them. Yeah, we got two two different sets of numbers dumped in the last week or so. The first was win totals, and the second was conference championship odds. And they, so do, a, they do a line. While you're looking, they do a line. Um, win totals and championship odds, at least for Texas Tech, uh, you're in the same spot in both. And I thought that was interesting, but that makes sense according to Vegas. Yeah, let's start with win totals, and we're going to probably do these before the season. So this is just like an instant gut reaction. You don't even have to tell me if you're leaning over or under. Just kind of tell me what you think about it. But oh, I'll lean. Uh, 
First two, no surprise, Texas OU, nine and a half. Over Texas, under Oklahoma. Snug. I think they'll win nine. You know what? No. Their non-con is so 2014 Baylor. Uh, I'll, I'll just say over on both of those. I think they'll both have a good year leaving the conference. I think the under on Texas's season win total is like nine and one. And and I get nervous anytime there's a unanimous consensus. So like as soon as these get posted, everyone's like, oh, UT under lock of the century. They all makes me nervous. And so now I'm like, oh, maybe I take the over because like they're due to hit it eventually. Yeah, I was about to say they do. They, I mean, they have to go over at some point, right? Yeah. OU, I'm less sure. I mean that's a that's a big leap. They were six and seven last year. Ten wins. Are we sure that they're four games better with the same staff, the same quarterback? And I mean, quarterback wasn't the problem when Gabriel was healthy, but yes, I don't know. I'm not really sold on that. Well, you ready for this? Yeah. Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. Okay, yeah. I mean, they'll be favored in eleven of those. Yeah, they're gonna. So win. they're gonna win ten games. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other component of this that you have to. In all previous years, everybody had the same conference schedule because it was a perfect round robin. This year, you have to kind of factor that in. Uh, Kansas State is third, defending champions, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Um, over. I mean, everybody can't go, go over, but I, but I like them. I'm going to go under. The Deuce Vaughn effect? Well, I mean, they were 9-3 and three last year with a, as a conference champion. I think they're due for some amount of regression. And a lot of people are going to see that and be like, oh, defending champion over. I would lean under at this point. Their, We've got a tree. Their FPI is 7.4, 4.7. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's that's a full game under. Um, then we've got a trio of teams, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor at 7.5. Baylor plays eight home games next year. And it's an odd year. I would go over Baylor, under TCU, over Texas Tech. But that is a snug, snug fit for Texas Tech, in my opinion. And the swing game might be as early as Oregon. For sure. That one is already – you mentioned FPI. That's a toss-up. I think Baylor will go over. Feels crazy to lean under on TCU as a team that won 13 games last year, and that's a big drop off. So I'll, I'll I'll lean over. I don't want to take over on all of these. Um, Do you want the? FBI? I don't know about. I don't know about Texas Tech. I'll holster my thoughts on that. The FPI has TCU going over Texas Tech pushing, and Baylor snug under at seven point four. Just like. I get nervous when everybody is on the under for Texas. Everybody, not just tech fans, like national outlets are really drinking the Kool-Aid on Texas tech. Everybody thinks we're like dark horse contender makes me nervous. 
The next set of teams, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, six and a half. Before you answer, what's the over-under on you getting some Rahino barbecue this weekend? Ooh, under this weekend, but I did go a couple of weekends ago and uh, would love to make that over several times this summer. You love when people phrase over-under like that too, don't you? Yeah, I just moved on through that. Should we put Casey Cowan's ad ad read into the podcast version? Oh, we probably could. Yeah, we'll drop that. That was Casey Cowan talking about Rahino Barbecue. Um, We might legitimately be cousins. I don't know. If you want to catch that Casey Cowan interview, Kyle, how would you do that? Patreon.com slash Gambling Gauchos, $5 a month. Got all kinds of cool interviews. Uh, Right now we're doing a series with local Lubbock media legends. We've done former players, Womble, Cody Campbell, Sonny Cumbie. Portion of all proceeds go to the Matador Club, and you also get access to the number one Texas Tech fan Discord server, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, six and a half. I have no idea on UCF. Kansas, I want to say over. But again, everybody can't go over. Um, you're getting into the situation, though, where a lot of people can go seven and five because of the non-con because you play nine conference games. A lot of people can, can win four conference games. If everybody's four and five and five and four, um, you know what? I'm going to say Kansas is over UCF. I legitimately have no idea. I need to learn about UCF more. Who is the third Oklahoma state under, I'm I'm hard selling Oklahoma State now. When's the last time they missed a bowl? Oklahoma State. Yeah. I don't know if they've missed one since maybe like Gundy's first year. Twenty years. So six and six would be the under though. They they might still get that. Yeah. I just don't see how they're good. I don't. Especially if it's Alan Bowman. Yeah, that's what I I believe in Gundy, and that's what I want to take the over because I think they might rebound. But the quarterback drop-off from Spencer Sanders to Alan Bowman, if he's the starter, is significant. I think UCF snug under. I think they'll go 6-6. Six and six. Kansas, I think, is a trendy pick to go over because they had a surprise season last year. I'll go under there. We've got a pair at 5.5, BYU and Iowa State. I'm going to go over Iowa State, under BYU, which is surprising to me. I thought BYU was going to be one of the – quicker and smoother transitions of the newbies, but the analytics hate them. And I think they've got a tougher schedule than some of the other newcomers. So I I would have not thought a few weeks ago that I would be taking BYU to miss a bowl game, but I think that is how I lean, at least as of May 10th. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find BYU here. On the FPI, I was stayed at 5.8, 6.2. I think they're 64th nationally. Yeah. 4.9, 7.1. Yeah. BYU. Wow. Uh, hey, that sounds like an under to me. Iowa State, I think, will bounce back. Me too. I, I, I'm kind of on the train of Hunter Decker's had a lot of bad stats, but had a lot of good stats. And I, he might not be the worst. 
they were close in a lot of games last year. They had a bunch of one-possession games. I know it doesn't count, but like, I don't know. They're not as far off as their record might have indicated. They almost won in Austin. Of course, you barely beat them in the Ice Bowl. So, I don't know. I think they might. And I, I still think Matt Campbell's a good coach. He gets clowned on a lot. But I, I don't know. I don't think there'll be a four and eight, five and seven team long term. So I think no. he'll get that turned around. This one I'm most curious about, Rob. West Virginia, four and a half. Under. <laughs> that was quick. When do they fire Neil Brown? Well, that's what if they start. I don't know if he gets fired at three and five. Do they get the new coach bump and finish five and seven? I mean, their their schedule is brutal. It is. I mean, that's not just me being a, a hater. It really isn't. I, I know you feel like that, that I'm a West Virginia football hater because Neil Brown, but... Well, you are, but they also have a tough schedule. They're sch- I, <laughs> okay, I am, but they have a tough schedule. <clears throat> they're at Penn State. They get to play Duquesne, and then they're hosting Pittsburgh. And then you have to um, host Texas Tech, go to Fort Worth, go to Houston... Host Oklahoma State, go to UCF, host BYU, go to Norman, to Waco, and then uh, host Cincinnati. I just I don't see six wins on that schedule. I don't see five wins on that schedule. I I've always loved that West Virginia schedules two Power Five opponents in the non-con. I respect that. Me too. But it does make it harder to win some games. I'm gonna go over. Yeah, I like. I, I think I like their quarterback Garrett Green. I need to see more of him. I think he might just be one of those like feisty gamers. I think they might win six games. We'll see. New offensive coordinator, Houston and Cincinnati, rounding out the tail end with West Virginia. They're also four and a half, and I was kind of kind of surprised at Houston. Um, they were a team that got way too much credit for winning 11 games two seasons ago. I think we all knew that that was a farce, but we pretended like they were some really good team. Then they parlayed that into a bunch of preseason high ahead of 2022. Did not really impress last season. And now that they're in the Big 12 with a full Big 12 schedule, I was like, oh, yeah, four and a half wins. Like, well, y'all should have kept that same energy coming off the fraudulent 11-win season. Like... I don't know. People were enamored with Clayton Toon, who I think is solid, but they made it. They made him and that team out to be something that they weren't. So four and a half, it's a low number, but and I don't want to root against him because they've got Donnie Football, and I think he could. You know, if they do a good job developing him, I think they could win some games. So I don't know. I'm. They just lost their best offensive player in McCaskill. That's true. I'll take a reluctant under here. At least as far as how I'm leaning in May. I'm going to hammer the over, and I'll tell you why. Their non-con is UTSA, who I think is going to be down this year a little bit. I think I think they can beat Houston, but Houston gets them in Houston. And then they play Rice and Sam Houston State. Surely you can win two of those. So I don't think winning three Big 12 games is a ridiculous ask. So I think they can win five games. If they beat UTSA, it's a dead over. That's true. That's a good point. You might have convinced me out of that. Especially with Donnie football. 
Cincinnati four and a half. I do not believe in Scott Satterfield. We can get into that more later. It's transition year. Look, he was not terribly impressive at Louisville. He left that job for a reason. It's because they weren't going to extend his contract. He was going to get fired. I'm, I'm probably selling Cincinnati more than any other team next year. So I, I feel pretty good about the under there. You can't be at a place like Cincinnati and have as many guys drafted as they've had and be good consistently. You, you have to have some some years in between. In I agree. Opinion. And they've not recruited well. They didn't recruit well this year. So maybe their year's coming next year and they can have one year that's good in the Big 12. But it also felt like Luke Fickle had Desmond Ritter a little bit like um, Matt Wells had Jordan Love. Desmond Could Ritter was just an absolute baller at Cincinnati. Tidbit I picked up on the Slang and Cincy podcast, which I tuned into recently. After the NFL draft this year, of any current, future, or departing Big 12 members, Cincinnati, I think they said over the last three years, has had more players drafted oh, yeah. than anybody except Oklahoma. So as good as TCU was last year, Kansas State, the conference champion, Baylor, they've been churning out NFL talent for a few years. Cincinnati topped all of them, and they were only off by one player versus Oklahoma. So – they're losing a lot, and for all the teams coming into the Big 12, it's one thing to have two or three Power 5 opponents on your schedule and get up for Indiana or Notre Dame. It's another to play nine in a row, maybe a tenth in the non-con. I don't know what their schedule looks like. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tough for Louisville this season – or uh, for Cincinnati this season. Where would Luke Fickle go? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, onward to the... That was our fight song. Uh, plunge right through that line. Throw the ball around the end, a touchdown is sure this time. Yeah. Ra, ra, ra. L. On Wisconsin, C. on Wisconsin. Yeah, that was our fight song. <laughs> okay, so a little bit different. Same, but different. The odds to win the Big 12 conference title. So something we should say about the win totals, those are not necessarily even odds. They're actually sometimes heavily juiced if, like you're saying, Roberts, we're all pretty sure that that team at 7.5 is an 8-win team or 8 is a lot more likely than 7 due to the schedule. It'll be like minus 150 or whatever to take the over. and You get plus money on the under or vice versa. So I think the Big 12 title odds actually give a better picture of sort of your preseason power rankings, according to the odds makers. Texas is almost even money to win the conference, which to me, even if you think they're the conference favorite, is so little value. Because if even if they get all the way to the conference championship game, you would think it'd be a, a close spread. Like they're not going to be favored by a touchdown in the conference title game, right? So even at that juncture, like even money might be a – a decent wager just for that one game, much less at the entire season. So I would not touch Texas at plus 110, but they are the leader in the clubhouse. Next is Oklahoma plus 300. Kansas State plus 500. Texas Tech, fourth out of 14 in the preseason power rankings, according to the odds makers, 10 to 1, so plus 1,000. 
And then I think a not insignificant drop-off. This is where, again, your win total was the same as Baylor and TCU, but Baylor and TCU are 16-1. to If you were going to do a straight value play, would it be Texas Tech or Baylor? Baylor. Because of the longer odds? Yeah, I view those teams, I think, roughly evenly. And so having 16-1 to versus 10-1, to and Baylor – like, I think we're all optimistic about Texas Tech, but Baylor has done it. Aranda has coached in the Big 12 championship game and won. Joey, as a head coach, has not yet. So, especially with them getting – but I think this also demonstrates how much respect there is outside the program and how quickly – like, this is one preseason um, set of odds. But going into year two, the odds maker saying Joey's program is – not insignificantly stronger than Aranda's at Baylor. And to me, that is like uh, maybe a better, the biggest compliment on his job performance a year and a half in than almost anything else could be at this point. Is there any other team lower than 1600 that you would take a flyer on? Because there is nobody else that I think even has a chance. So I'll read through the rest of them just so you know where everybody's at, then I'll answer that question. Iowa State 33 to 1. Kansas 40 to 1, Oklahoma State 40 to 1, Cincinnati 50 to 1, UCF 50 to 1, West Virginia 66 to 1. You you nibbling at that? No. Houston 75 to 1, BYU 100 to 1. I think the two uh, understanding it's a very low value or a low percentage proposition but with the value I would maybe purchase a cheap ticket with Iowa State and Kansas. And if they get hot out of the gates and look into like a prop swap or start hedging on individual games. And the reason I, I say Iowa State is because I, I do think they have bounce back potential under Matt Campbell. He's gotten to the Big 12 championship game before Kansas. I just like didn't think they were legit all year last year. But when they had Jalen Daniels, they were an extremely competitive team. And so could I see them at 40 to 1? maybe getting in the mix in November. Yeah, maybe, especially if Texas and or OU are super underwhelming. Jason Bean is a better quarterback than Jalen Daniels. Stop. If you had $10, how would you divvy that up? I would go uh, $5 on Baylor, $3 on Texas Tech and $2 on Iowa State because I agree with you on Iowa State. So 10 units, I would probably do I'd probably do 5 Baylor, 4 Texas Tech, 1 Iowa State. Same teams, okay. Yeah. Same same Yeah, same same. I'll have a getting to know the gauchos for you. But no, I don't think outside the top six there, Texas, OU, Kansas State, Tech, Baylor, TCU, I, it's probably not – the juice is not worth the squeeze. Yeah. And you, I answered because you asked me, but I'm I'm not confident. Because there's a steep drop-off. 16-1 to 1, TCU and Baylor down to 33-1 to 1, Iowa State. That's basically saying TCU and Baylor are each twice as likely to win it as Iowa State. Yeah. And then there's still four teams ahead of those two. So that's – that's a pretty – I think that's like the dividing line of semi-contenders versus teams that probably don't have a realistic shot. Yeah, and I think even the teams that are kind of evenly juiced there, like 
Kansas, Iowa State, I lean Iowa State. TCU, Baylor, I lean Baylor. Um, they just have more returning at key positions. Now, transfer classes and everything else, we'll see what shakes out. And I, I'm really interested to, to talk to everybody, uh, as you alluded to earlier, uh, from all of these Big 12 schools. But maybe I'll change my mind before we do predictions, but I, I really do feel pretty certain um, that I like... I like Texas to win the Big 12, but I wouldn't bet on them. As you uh, mentioned, they're even odds. It's a bad bet. But I do think that Texas is – I think they're appropriately juiced. So Texas and Oklahoma combined, basically these odds give them like a – what is that? Maybe 70, 75% implied odds that one of those two teams will win it. And looking at the schedule, one of them has to deliver the other an L because the Red River shootout is going to be played. So if I gave you the field at plus 300 or at plus 250, um, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I would hammer it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so too. Because then, I don't, I don't, I don't think Texas and OU will both make it. That just seems like there's a difficult path. And then you just, if you've got a plus two fifty on the field, then you just hedge with the other in the last game of the season. Then yeah. you could, I think that's probably how you should play that. Something I just thought of. Do you think all of these teams are giving him their best shot on the way out? Do you think that goes through their minds? You're never playing Texas again. You don't think that's the locker room speech for for Joey? And I think I, I think so. And I also think these newcomers that have one shot yeah. that like legitimately might never get to play a program as prestigious as Texas or Oklahoma ever again. Like this is Cincinnati's one shot to beat Oklahoma or whoever. One opportunity. Well, I say that Cincinnati is a bad example because they played Alabama in the playoff the same year they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. But I think those guys that were like middle-of-the-road three stars, like, hey, you have one shot here to beat Texas in our first season in the Big 12. So I think Texas fans always say, like, oh, we were their Super Bowl. That's why we went five and seven. I think that's but they're going to be a lot of teams Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I do, yeah. Like, they're going to get everybody's best shot for sure. Yeah, can't miss your chance like, to blow. More so than they already do. Mom spaghetti. I just wonder if you're going to get that. No, I got it. I was hey, just trying to finish the point first. Uh, do you want to get any of the gauchos? Mom spaghetti. Yeah. I have a, a knife block by my light switch. It's magnetic. It's really stupid. But it's far enough away. But this morning, the lights were off. And I just went instinctively. And I guess I had bumped into one of the knives and it was poking way up into the light switch. And I just... Right on the Ouch. Switch, yeah. It's terrible. Hey, who do you think is going to have the best Barnett, Howard, and Williams defense in the Big 12 next year? Hmm. Who would you not want to play against? You You, you could play against them if you need to, but, um, man, I really want to say, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's dumb to say Texas Tech, right? 
Iowa State. I still hate their defense. I hate playing against their defense. It's yeah. an impressive machine, but so I admire it. But I don't like even when you beat them in Ames last year. What was that game like? Thirteen to nine or something? Yeah, something stupid. It's brutal. So I think Iowa State, as far as good defense goes on the field, Iowa State in court, Barnett, Howard, and Williams. Should you ever need them, we hope you never do. But they handle catastrophic injury, criminal defense family law certified for title nine student litigation bhwlawfirm.com hopefully they're the sponsor of gauchos after dark and they recap a bunch of texas tech wins with us this year be awesome all right we did our diversified lenders mailbag with casey cowan again if you want to hear that interview you can go to patreon.com slash gambling gauchos Sign up for the Patreon and watch that video. Uh, otherwise, Kyle, I guess, is that all we're doing? Final thoughts? What do you think about Oklahoma State's uniforms? I want that so badly. You, you, you have uniforms that you can use. You don't even need new uniforms. Just go to them full-time. Just go to the throwbacks full-time. I mean, how hard is it to put a new decal on your helmet if you want to stay with the 3D double T for the Centennial. It's not hard at all. I am so jealous. They look so good. They're simple. The stripe is a nice callback to some of their other uniforms. And the Cowboy script is incredible. I like it. I thought it was funny in the replies to that tweet. Yeah. Everybody arguing about who copied who and like... Yeah, I didn't mean to start that. No, I know you didn't. And it, it was funny because, like, I don't know. Their new uniforms look a lot like your throwback that yes. you brought back. But you were throwing it back to the 90s. And they were, like, showing pictures of Barry Sanders from the 80s. And they're like, well, your 90s jerseys copied our 80s jerseys. And they were going as far back as, like, when did they introduce black as a school color? And this guy was like, 1923. And a tech fan was like, no, y'all copied tech. Um, they copied look, Princeton. Look, we owe them one. They, they've done enough copying. As soon as you beveled the double T, they beveled the OSU, and then they went back to the flat OSU. I think you should imitate that. And also, it, here's why it's a dumb argument. It's almost like Nike and these other uniform manufacturers have sort of a template. Like Oklahoma State didn't invent having a stripe on your shoulder here. That's on like half of football uniforms, especially back in the 80s and 90s when they all – Everyone had them. So I thought that was funny and that they accused us of copying the color black. I was like, okay, I don't know if y'all really own the rights to that. No. But like the whole, not to go on the whole Xerox U thing, but their horse and mass rider thing was literally a Texas Tech graduate in their College of Agriculture saying, hey, Texas Tech has this mass rider. We should do something like, like it's a direct copy. Yeah. But then Oklahoma State was like, oh, you want black on your uniforms? It was like, well, yeah, it's one of our school colors. It's always been on our uniforms. So anyway, they I think it's funny that they think we copied them on anything notable. When like, especially the bullet and master, that's the one that chaps my heart. It's like, y'all literally stole that from a Texas Tech professor who gave you the idea. And that's okay. Like, it's a cool looking horse. But just kind of like admit that, like you stole Princeton school colors you stole the wavy thing from Kansas. You stole the Master Rider from Texas Tech. It's okay that some of your traditions are secondhand. 
yeah, that that's that comment is funny. That's my big comeback because obviously the last ten or fifteen years have been their best in school history, and it's been among your worst in school history. And so I like to tell them we even copied their uh, football history recently. Yeah, but all right. I'm glad that's over with. Me too. Hopefully they copy ours in the next ten years. Yeah, they're due. All right. I'm done if you are. I'm done. Love y'all.